Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Thursday, April 1st. There is no April Fool's joke about the economy or the industry. If you listen to Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke, the groundwork is there for a very fruitful second quarter after a much better first quarter than expected. Indeed, it seems the tide has turned. But midway through last year, Jonathan told us to expect that. He saw the favorable signs of an economy turning the corner, robust automotive sales, and pent-up demand. What he could not see were better vaccination rates than expected and a chip shortage, which has affected every corner of 2021, from inventory levels to pricing changes to another whipsaw in the off-lease market. As we head into the second quarter and fully pass into the second year of COVID, Jonathan is feeling better than ever. When he looks at the macroeconomic picture, his vision is rosy. Take out your pen and paper. There are good trends on the horizon. And when's the last time you heard good news in the last 12 months? To talk all things 2021 and beyond, we've reached Jonathan Smoke in Atlanta. It's always good to catch up with my friend Jonathan Smoke to give us a little bit of a um, an insider's view of where we're finishing the Q1 uh, time frame as we round the corner into Q2. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Jason. It's good to be back with you. It's great to have you back. Uh, we've we've talked to you uh, numerous times over the course of the last twelve months. Um, every time we've talked to you, the story's been a little different <laughs> in the auto industry. So, give me your take on where we are as we uh, head into April and um, and a brand new year. Yeah, well, you're right. Things have continually been changing, and thankfully, we can say it's changing dramatically for the better. Uh, I would argue on on most fronts, although. You probably have quite a bit of your listeners um, sort of simultaneously saying in in Charles Dickens kind of terms, it, it is the best of times and it is the worst of times because uh, there are definitely things like inventory to be concerned and complained about, but uh, otherwise um, it's, it's shaping up to be an incredible spring. So as I look at what's going on, we have clearly uh, come a long way in the last three months. Um, a lot of the expectations for the economy and the auto market uh, are much better. And I would say they weren't bad. Actually, at the end of last year, we were anticipating that this year was clearly going to be on the road to recovery. But um, the improvement that we've been seeing especially in the economy that then translates into the auto market um, has has been fairly dramatic because even if you go back to when we talked towards the end of last year, um, we, we still had a lot of uncertainty with the economy and with COVID. And both of those things um, have been improving dramatically. And frankly, I think you can have me back in a, you know, a couple of months and, and circumstances probably will be better than we were anticipating them being because that's sort of the nature of how forecasts are going right now. They probably aren't keeping up with just um, how, how strongly things are improving uh, from an economic perspective. It's, it's truly a situation where the economy is kicking into a higher gear and it's, 
it's a gear that most of us right now have never really experienced because uh, the last time frame we had consistent growth at the level we think is going to happen this year. You have to go back to the 1970s. And, you know, I was around then, but I certainly wasn't um, an economist. <laughs> you and me both. Let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about some of those um, macroeconomic uh, numbers that you're seeing. Give us, a, give us a high level. Where are we in the economy that, get, that has you feeling as positive as, as you are? And by the way, you were positive at the end of last year, and you did predict that we were going to have a good year for the record. Yes, yes, but I, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, bullish enough. Um, is what it's shaping up it to be. But, but I have every reason not to be because we had, we were more conservative. First of all, about COVID and what the situation would be with COVID cases uh, coming out of the winter, as well as how quickly we would actually see the vaccine roll out. And right now, the U.S. is flirting with very likely as of today or tomorrow having a hundred million people having received at least one dose of a vaccine we're now close to a pace of three million doses a day so you can absolutely do the math and see that we'll have effective herd immunity sometime this summer um and that's probably conservative i'm seeing some uh you know forecasters saying it's possible by um the end of may um so it's one of those things that increasingly is getting better and related to that is, is economic activity picking up and then that leads to job recovery and those things are all very good things. But then we've clearly had movement in Washington that none of us were anticipating quite the scale. Um, you know, So we've now had, since the end of December, $2.8 trillion in stimulus already committed, committed and starting to flow through the economy. We now have the president... Um, you know, announcing today some of the details of his Build Back Better infrastructure plan that's probably going to add more than two more trillion in spending. Now that's going to be spread out over years, but, uh, you know, we haven't had something on that pace in the economy in a long time. But when you add up all of the stimulus, it's just pretty incredible. And it is absolutely moving consumer spending. It's moving consumer sentiment. Um, and those are all things that traditionally always lead to uh, stronger vehicle sales, uh, stronger retail sales, in in particular. So, uh, those are the those are really what have been changing, and it it's coming at the time of the year where we always see strength. Spring is is a time that yes, there's some uh, patterns in the economy like uh, tax refunds that certainly produce uh, more spending, but I think it's also re- related to spring and the natural human emotion of, of um, you know, having come through the winter and feeling better. And this coming out of the winter is like a years-long winter like we've never experienced before. So, um, you know, there's, there's pent-up uh, frustration that's going to be unleashed with spending, uh, and I think the vehicle market is going to capture its fair share of it. And frankly, from the data that I'm looking at, I, I actually think that March is the month we can truly say that at least in the retail part of the vehicle market, we are now fully recovered. And I, I couldn't imagine me saying that uh, just a couple of months ago. Fully recovered, but in desperate supply of vehicles. Let's talk about inventory. What are you seeing on the ground? Or more importantly, what's not on the ground? <laughs> well, um, inventory is not on the ground. Uh, we, we're 
tracking new vehicle inventory as of the middle of March being down 28% year over year. And actually quite interesting, it's actually down the same amount compared to 2019. So if you think about it, um, this time last year when everything was in lockdown mode and sales were plummeting, inventory was still very healthy. Um, so the comp to last year is still sort of a comp to, to normal. Uh, and that's incredibly, incredibly low inventory before we really get to the peak of the uh, spring uh, buying activity. Uh, the used market isn't down quite as much. Uh, in the same time frame, mid-March, it's down 11% compared to last year and also the same amount compared to 2019. But what feeds the used market, the wholesale market, is down more than 40% um, as of last week. And so there's no relief. And you've been covering it. In fact, you know, every day I'm following what Automotive News is saying with regards to the recap of, of all of the impact on, on factories and, and new vehicle production. Uh, if anything, we're probably, uh, we're probably going to see more acute problems with inventory, I think, over the next uh, couple of months, uh, really through the second quarter, than we've seen so far. And one area to pay attention to is, is the pickup truck segment, because that, uh, that's an area where now we're seeing more and more announcements from Ford and GM um, about having to reduce production activity there. Uh, and that's, of course, a key source of sales volumes and profits uh, for manufacturers and dealers alike. Uh, prior to now, we've really been seeing the manufacturers manage this perfect storm of supply chain problems extremely well because they've been managing, for example, we observe, they th we think we're man they're managing the computer chip shortage within their own inventories and supply chain. So they've, if you look at what you have been reporting in terms of what's been shut down or where production has been impacted, they tend to be in the vehicles where there's plenty of supply. Um, so they've been moving uh, chips and, and uh, capacity to be focused on, on the areas that, that um, are in the tightest supply. But it, it, it looks like we've now reached it, uh, the, turn the corner where inventory is going to get worse before it gets better. And I think we're going to see it most evidently uh, in the second quarter with pickup trucks. We'll hear more from Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke after this. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? 
It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. So one area that is definitely uh, eyebrow raising uh, is incentive spending. And Jonathan, if I read it correctly, uh, we are at levels not seen since April of 2015. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, that trend is likely to get much worse because there is no need to push, um, you know, uh, put money on the hood, if you will, if there's no inventory to sell. Um, and if, if also some of the more expensive price points are where we're seeing the most challenges, then uh, the, the, the absolute dollar amount of incentives is going to fall too. So my guess is we're going to, we're going to officially see a six-year low, uh, if not an even longer low when we get the data, even on March, and it's probably going to get even worse uh, in April and May. Let's talk about another area that over the course of COVID has has been on a total roller coaster, which is, of course, off-lease vehicles. Four million lease vehicles will come back to the market in 2021. You predict 330,000 each month. What's that going to do to the market? And is this a opportunity or a challenge? Well, it has been an opportunity. It has been the reason why uh, franchise dealers have seen such growth in certified pre-owned sales and their dependence on um, the used retail uh, portion of, of of their sales has become uh, bigger and bigger. Um, and it's we, we've essentially been riding a wave of the growth in leasing plus the peak in, in new retail vehicle sales that occurred. And so this year is the first year that the lease maturities are, are starting to record a decline. It's, it's not a big one. It's still 4 million, as you said, but that's down from 4.1 million the last two years. But what's most notably changing this year is not those volumes, they're still, we're still going to reach the end of those leases, um, you know, and, and that's not diminishing. But the vehicles that actually end up in the wholesale market um, and available for sale in the retail demar- uh, market is declining and declining rapidly because more than half of those vehicles um, are in the money and in the money big time uh, in terms of their uh, true market value compared to the residual that was um, set in the contract. So consumers can easily look that up and can know if it makes sense for them to purchase. And, and in conditions like this, they, they tend to um, to be astute and, and make more of that decision. So we're seeing fewer of those get past the consumer. And the ones that do get past the consumer are far more likely to then immediately be captured by the grounding dealer um, who most of the time is simply turning around and retailing those units. So it's really not helping other, other dealers. Um, so it's, it, it's still a source of opportunity, but it's absolutely a competitive advantage to the franchise dealers who are seeing those units come back. Um, but of course, they have a dilemma um, because as those units come back, they really have to have something to sell. Uh, to the consumer to get into. Um, so you've got a little bit of a chicken and egg issue, and we, you guys are reporting um, that more and more manufacturers are uh, allowing lease extensions to occur again, which in, 
it seems crazy to, to even uh, have a story like that when vehicle values are at all-time highs and likely are going to be higher and higher and higher over the next three months. Um, and likewise, when the economy is so strong, because this isn't a reflection of stress, it's purely a reflection of not having uh, the, the appropriate uh, inventory to be able to uh, keep that consumer in it, put that consumer in a new vehicle. So again, it's the tale of two cities, uh, the best of times and the worst of times. So you referenced it earlier, Jonathan, but President Biden calling for sweeping investment in electric vehicles uh, this week, also in renewable power. The electric grid, it's part of a broad blueprint to bolster the U.S. economy, and obviously he campaigned on climate change. That $2.25 trillion infrastructure stimulus blueprint, what does that do to the automotive space? Well, it definitely is a major change from what we have been seeing, um, where the U.S. was essentially trailing behind the rest of the world uh, in terms of emissions targets, as well as um, the, the, the need for us to invest in infrastructure and to encourage adoption of electric vehicles. So I think we're now starting to see uh, that support appropriately um, you know, be connected with an industry that is focusing on a future that eventually becomes uh, all, all electric. Uh, but we're still in the very early stages um, I think the tax credits, um, ex- extending those tax credits, uh, were absolutely expected to happen, and I, I think uh, most everybody in the industry thinks um, that's a good idea because, again, it helps to address the fact that, well, we're not quite to the point with battery uh, technology that the cost of the battery is, is on parity with uh, traditional combustion engine, and this, this certainly helps to address um, the economics of, of the price uh, for the purchase, uh, and and encouraging the you know school buses and government fleet uh, to move to electric uh, also makes sense. And as long as we actually are capable of delivering uh, those units, um, meaning uh, you know one of the challenges is is like uh, the largest part of the government fleet is the postal service vehicles and. Do we really have an alternative that's going to fit the usage case there currently, and can it be produced, um, you know, uh, in America uh, to, to be able to also tackle that goal? We, you know, we're still in the early stages of this. We're talking about you know growth that's going to be big, uh, you know, each year for the foreseeable future, but we're still talking about a market that probably isn't going to be 10% of new light vehicle sales uh, within the next four to five years. Um, so we've got to go through the, the growth pains there. But I definitely think what the president is doing with at least that part of the infrastructure plan is essentially uh, ensuring that the move the industry making is, is indeed um, going to be supported. And the infrastructure side is sort of a no-brainer. Uh, consumers are concerned, concerned about the technology itself, they're concerned about price, and they're concerned uh, about their ability to charge. And um, the charger invest- investment makes total sense. Well, we're not going to put any pressure on you, but every time you come on this program, news gets better and better uh, for the next time you're on the program. So can't wait to have you on again next time, Jonathan. <laughs> well, you, you've got my promise, and, and, and as long as we do it over the next couple of months, I have a feeling that... Uh, Everything I shared with you today is going to be shortchanging what is actually going to be occurring. Well, it is 
good to talk about good news for the first time in a long time. So, Jonathan Smoke, thank you so much for being on Daily Drive. Well, thank you, Jason. We reached Jonathan Smoke, Cox Automotive's chief economist in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's Daily Drive for Thursday, April 1st. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of nearly 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Friday.